Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you are listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. How are you guys? It's 2024. Wait. I think I can count. I hope. Oh, man. (sighs) I've missed you guys. I really have. My throat is messing with me. It has been for the past few weeks, so... If you see me drinking a lot of water during this episode, just know that's why. But I just I couldn't resist talking to you guys. I've missed this so much. Oh, man. So much has gone on. I hope your Christmas went well. That everything went well. Because if it didn't go well, ee! I did a little bit of moving around in this room. Hopefully, I can figure out how to make it look ideal. But that's what I've been trying to do. Move tables around and... Tried to figure out lighting and all that kind of stuff. A lot of YouTube videos are pretty helpful and all that kind of junk. But yeah. And then the goal is just to not spend any more money on equipment. Because it's just like, who wants to do that? Not me, if you were wondering. Like, hey, did Sarah want to spend a lot more money? Blah, blah, blah. No. The answer is no. The answer is no. Uh, okay, with the with the Christmas topic... Like, obviously, hope you got all the gifts you wanted. Gifts are very important. Jill Biden is the first thing I wanted to talk about. Jill Biden, basically, the first lady, they're always, like, decorating the White House, and they release a video showing kind of what they've done. The reality is, like, we're not going to get to go and see the White House decorations, which is super crazy because I was listening to this book about the killing of Abraham Lincoln, and apparently back in his day, People, it was like the White House could be publicly accessed at any point. People could come into the White House. They could sleep there on the floor and basically just hope that the president would walk by and they could petition whatever they want of him. So much different than today to where it's like, gosh, I wonder how many citizens are able to go into the White House. I that is one of my, like, if I had to have a bucket list, that is definitely on my bucket list. I really, really would love to get to go to the White House. That would be awesome. But Jill Biden, she shows her Christmas decorations. We all remember Melania's. They were very classy, beautiful. Um, the decorations themselves that, that Jill Biden did, like, you know, if you're just doing a glance by, there's nothing wrong with them necessarily. But then she does a video releasing the decorations. And then that, man, i if you miss that on social media, I'd be pretty shocked. People did not like this dance video. Um, it was tap dance by this group. Dorrance Dance is what it's called. And they're apparently a very left-leaning group, which, surprise, surprise. For a second, I'll, I'll play the video and, and give my thoughts a little bit. So it's the girl with the big mouth 
is just like it's kind of embarrassing to even do it but she's like and just like what are you doing why is your face like that it doesn't need to be like that the tap dancing looks good like i'm used to watching old movies with fred astaire and ginger rogers gene kelly all these people and they were amazing tap dancers i did dabble and tap myself i was really bad at it that's why i'm like kind of making that face <laughs> i was forced to do dance classes as a child and i absolutely hated it and anybody that would watch me would would tell you that they knew that i hated it and they hated watching me it was awful but but yeah the the video, like, it had potential to be something beautiful. Tap dance, you know, the Nutcracker, a beautiful rendition. That sounds wonderful, but it's just, it was a creepy video overall. And yeah, you know, the, everyone having septum rings or misgendering and all that kind of stuff. It, it was just like shoving in politics where it didn't need to be there. It was just frustrating. So Joe Biden deserved the hate on that that she got. And then... For New Year's, for years, CNN, um, they've done all kinds of inter interesting things for New Year's celebration. And then it seems like they kind of started this trend of Andy Cohen and um, Anderson Cooper. And I think they were romantically involved with each other, if I'm thinking right. Pretty sure they were. But they would get a little drunk on these New Year celebrations, uh, and so then last year, I think that Andy Cohen probably went too far kind of speaking against Bill de Blasio, who was the mayor. After that, they said no alcohol for New Year's uh, CNN television productions. And then they reversed that because apparently their ratings have been going down. And so then Anderson Cooper, Andy Cohen, they come back again and they are taking shots and doing all kinds of stuff. It, it's... Events like those where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't watch CNN. Yeah, this was probably the best clip. Let's see. In the box in Tokyo, <laughs> celebrating uh, New Year's. We're already halfway through the first day of 2024. John. I'm here so with John. Um, Shin and Just five other proprietors of the bar. Talk to me about this bar. You are... You're in the bar, and there are cats everywhere. Yes. They are licking each other. It's a cat bar. I mean, I don't John... know how much more clear I can be about the objective of this place. You, John, you are I, in I, Tokyo, I can't Japan. see Anderson, but I know exactly what he looks like. Yes. Yes, yes you I'm do. Yes, you do. He's gone. Anderson Cooper's laugh was very interesting. I'm being so mean though because I have like probably one of the worst laughs in the history of laughs. So I'm like being so hypocritical to say anything at all. But yeah, I, I thought that that was an interesting laugh. Very, very interesting there. Not in a good way. And then I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the debate that happened. Like, oh my gosh. That was so crazy. The fourth Republican debate. Let's see. Gosh, when was it exactly? I don't even remember now. Three weeks ago. But yeah, I don't even know the exact date. 
and it happened in Alabama, and Megyn Kelly was one of the moderators. It was so much better because she was. It was the best debate by far. Hands down. If your hands were up, put them down. It was so much better with Megyn Kelly as a moderator. She's an excellent moderator. She should be very proud of her abilities. And it was a fiery debate. Um, let me tell you, whenever I was watching it, I was watching it at two times the speed. Duh. It was... I had to take pauses. It was so intense. It was so awkward. It was a Nikki battle. Everybody was coming after Nikki Haley like there was no tomorrow. I shouldn't have been shocked, but it, it was really intense. Because kind of the recent thing that had been happening was... Obviously, Trump is beating everybody else in the Republican presidential field by leaps and bounds. But then DeSantis was supposed to be second. But it seems like Nikki's kind of slowly encroaching on that. And so DeSantis needs to finally step up and fight for his place. And so he's attacking her. Vivek is attacking her, which we already knew he was going to do that. It was so awkward. Um... Yeah, I heard some reports saying that Vivek spoke the most. It wouldn't surprise me. There was a point where he even held up a, a piece of paper saying Nikki is corrupt. It was like any chance he spoke, he wanted to speak against her. Like I said before, Vivek's purpose to be in this presidential uh, campaign, whether he, this race, whatever, whether he wants to admit it or not, is to expose Nikki Haley. That is why he is there. Nobody is more anti-Nikki Haley than Vivek. Vivek is, is so against Nikki Haley, and Nikki, she has to just move on. She can't be focused on him. She's actually trying to win this thing. And Vivek doesn't really care. He's just like going after her personally and enjoying every second of it. And we are too. And DeSantis is going after Nikki, not because he really wanted to, but because he has to fight her for second place now. And then you're thinking, well, why did, why did people care about second place? That's not going to make you president if you become second place. Well, I don't know. I have a big question mark around that whole thing myself. Why? If you're second place, you lost. You're not going to be president. You're not even going to just be the nominee for the Republican Party against the Democrat, you lost. Nevertheless, they're going for it. These people are really going for it. Chris Christie, he's still going for it. I don't know why. He has zero chance of winning. I wanted to play, you know, a, a, a bit longer of a video, about two minutes. But I think it's worth it. Of the most awkward part of the debate. And <laughs> essentially... Vivek is, is, he really puts himself on the line trying to test Nikki Haley's foreign experience knowledge because that's what she usually critiques him on, saying he doesn't really know anything, um, he's a joke, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, well, do you even know three provinces of Ukraine? If someone asked me, would Nikki Haley know three provinces of Ukraine, I would have said yes because she is so articulate on foreign policy. Do I personally know three provinces of Ukraine? No. Do I ever care to? No, I really don't. It doesn't matter to me. But I thought she would have known it. I thought she would have loved to have known that information. And so it was risky for him to say, 
basically, she doesn't know this information, therefore she's extremely ignorant, but she's trying to put your, your children to battle. If she had immediately said, no, I do know. I know exactly what those provinces are. Boom, boom, boom. In fact, here's a fourth, just for good measure. That would have made him look so stupid. But Vivek won because Nikki Haley does not indeed know three provinces. She mentioned two later on. But I want to play this two minutes. That neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. And there's her puppet masters right there, the donors. The donors right there that are playing her like the puppet okay, masters. Enough. Let me just say something here. You know, his reasonable peace deal in Ukraine, he made it clear. Give them all the land they've already stolen. Promise Putin you'll never put Ukraine in Russia. And then trust Putin not to have a relationship with China. Let me tell you something. That's no that's reasonable. That's not my deal. That's, that's not my deal. Yes, Chris. it's exactly what I'll, you said. I'll you my do deal this too. at every debate. I'll, just, I'll tell you, you exactly say, what no, I no, Don't interrupt me. I didn't deal interrupt deal you. Okay? You tell say this. About how you, you want to send those kids to die. You do this at every debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to I'll say tell you what? exactly no, what I, I said, Chris. I'm not I'm done yet. Well, this now, is now look. Hold this on. is and now this is not a spew. This is not a spew nonsense. Let me say something. This is the fourth debate. The fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So <laughs> shut up for a while. I'm going to respond to that. I want to say something else. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look. If you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. <laughs> and while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting so her. So I'm going to take this. I'm going to take several times over. So first of all, I think we just learned something from Chris Christie. We learned three things. We learned three things right there. First of all, Chris Christie also doesn't know what provinces in eastern Ukraine he actually wants us to fight for. Chris, your version of foreign policy experience was closing a bridge from New Jersey to New York. Yeah. So do everybody a favor, just walk yeah. yourself off that stage, enjoy a nice meal, yeah. and get the hell out of this yeah, race. When it comes to Nikki, I think if you're going to actually send your sons and daughters while, to while go die in somebody else's voting, war, while you, you better, excuse voting. me, Chris, I'm speaking, and I'm not done yet. I you had your chance, time when you and we're going to be done. So listen up to this. Is if these people want to send your sons and daughters to go die in Ukraine, they've been arguing for it for a year. $200 billion of our taxpayer money sent over. Neither of them could even name for you the provinces that they actually want to protect. And this is the people who have been touting their so-called foreign policy experience. 
It is intellectual fraud. These people are- uh, We could go on and on and on with that. Um, it was so awkward watching that. Also, the fact that <laughs> Chris Christie was feeling like he had to defend Nikki Haley. Like, if you're into the whole, I don't need a man, I'm better than a man, I'll be a leader, I'm a woman, I'm a strong woman, the last thing you want is a man defending you. And she got defended. For whatever reason, I think she... Hmm, I don't know how to explain it. Vivek was unhinged that night. And I'm not going to say that I was against it. I very much enjoyed watching him go off on her. But there's sometimes whenever there's, there's a person and you know kind of their temperament. And then you know whenever they're on like an elevated level. And you know that they, they got some fire behind them. And you better shut up and just kind of take it because if you try to fight, you're just going to end up looking pretty dumb trying to fight them whenever they're like on almost like a supercharged super mode. And I think she kind of knew just shut up because if she tried to debate him, she would look very feeble and weak. But Chris Christie is pretty strong and he's pretty good at debating people. And so he was kind of like, hey, don't worry, little baby. You give her a kiss on the cheek. And he was like, I got this. And he he took on Vivek, and Vivek still dominated him. In my eyes, that's what I saw. You know, of course, everyone's going to see something different, and I respect everybody's opinion on that. Uh, but, yeah, when he told him, <laughs> just go get yourself a nice meal, that was pretty funny. And, yeah, once again, say the three provinces, Christy. <laughs> but he can't. He doesn't know it. And yeah, you know, you can do these tricks all day. Like you can make somebody look stupid by saying, do you know this? And then it's obvious they're not going to know it because who the heck is going to know that kind of information? But Nikki, based on how smart she's been with foreign policy stuff, I really thought she would have known. I didn't expect anybody else on that stage to know that information. Vivek, maybe just because he's such a nerd. But no, I never would have guessed that Christy or DeSantis would know that stuff. DeSantis looked very measured and, and, and strong in this debate. I think he's slowly been finding his footing, and he's really um, been getting better. I think he – this is good for him, I think. At first – because the reality is I want Trump, but after Trump has his next four years because he's going to win, there still has to be somebody else. And so who can that person be? DeSantis is def definitely my second choice, and it's good that he really kind of learn what this is all about and if he's prepared for it. And so I am excited that he is really improving and getting better with the obvious fact that he's not going to be my baby Trump because I need Trump to win. So yeah, so a very fun debate indeed. But gosh, it had some awkward moments. I could be wrong, but I thought I felt like I saw Nikki was getting a little emotional with so many men just attacking you. For any woman, you can get emotional with that. I get emotional all the time. If somebody's like, if somebody really raises their voice at me and they're yelling at me, pretty much I'm going to cry. Like, I've been known to do that. It's pretty rare if I don't end up crying in those kind of situations. And so if it was a really fierce debate, I don't know what that's like. I've never done anything like that. I'd probably be crying. <laughs> but you can't cry on stage. So I think she was just like, 
she's like, I definitely can't argue back. I just got to like soak up these tears in my eyes. Um, Megan Kelly definitely said she thought she was getting emotional. And then uh, apparently during the commercial breaks, it was like the Santis and Vivek talking to each other, Christy and Nikki talking to each other. But yeah, I, I knew that Nikki and Vivek didn't like each other. But after the third debate, there was this like Thanksgiving kind of event with Vivek, DeSantis, and Nikki. And they just all looked like they were kind of getting along. And so then I thought that everything was better. But then you see this fourth debate, and no, they're not getting along. But all this doesn't matter because Trump wasn't there, and Trump is winning. The only scary thing is that, um, kind of in recent news, apparently Colorado has decided to take Trump off of their ballot. So essentially you can't even vote for him in that whole state. So that's not great. And then with Maine, they were saying the same thing. Now Trump, he recently contested this. And he was, gosh, he was saying several things like the Secretary of State, her name is Shanna Bellows, that she was biased and she shouldn't even have been involved in this. She should have recused herself. She has no authority to remove him from the ballot. Because they keep on mentioning the 14th Amendment. And so, while this is being contested, okay, he's back on the ballot in Maine. But then this is going to go up to the Supreme Court. Or no, sorry, it, it will go up to their Superior Court. And then January 17th, they're going to make a ruling. And then pretty much whatever the Superior Court decides, whether it's for or against, more likely than not, somebody's going to be upset with the decision, and then it's going to go up to the Supreme Court have its final decision made so for now he's still on for Maine but it's really not good that the people that are claiming that our democracy is being taken away from us are removing people from ballots names from ballots that seems like that's very against democracy I don't know I really do feel like Trump is going to win and you, you know what? I said that last time around, and that didn't happen. I believe he won and that there were shenanigans in the election, but um, nevertheless, Biden is obviously president, and I've had to acknowledge that as much as that angers me. Do I look angry right now? I'm very angry. Okay. Then I wanted to talk about this. There was, um, if you know any anything about, you know, the world of journalism and famous journalists, there is a man named Chris Wallace, and he... He's been a debate moderator. He's been on Fox News for years, and now he's on CNN. And he has this show, and he talks to celebrities. He does kind of one-on-one -on -one interviews for the show. So he had on the celebrity Adam Driver. He was Kylo Ren in Star Wars. He's been on several, several shows. And if you know anything about Adam Driver, he's not like... He's not a Brad Pitt. He's not like sexy or hot or anything like that, but... Nevertheless, he's been able to be in a ton of movies and be in a ton of roles. And so he really hasn't been hurt at all by not being a Brad Pitt. But it's not like he's the only one. There's a lot of stars out there that I don't think are very attractive, but they're treated like they are. And there's that's the case with women as well. And so, you know, to each his own. And But to ask someone directly about their appearance would probably not be a good idea. Like, if you feel like someone is being treated like they're a 10, but in reality they're probably closer to a 4 or a 5, you wouldn't say, hey, 
you know, what do you think about the fact that you're not so good looking? That would probably really offend a person. But Chris Wallace does it. And I think, and I'll play a clip of him saying this, but if I had to guess, Chris Wallace is so used to that world of journalism to where you ask the question and it'll become a famous clip and that's kind of, that helps your career, that furthers your career. And I don't think there used to be so much blowback on a journalist as whenever he first started. I think back in his day, there just wasn't as much of a blowback. It was it was really impressive that you asked a question like that. It was commended. It was bold. Now it's kind of like, why the heck did you ask that question? It's like the, the sentiment has changed on all of this. Um, but you almost couldn't have asked for a better reaction than Adam Driver's. It was very impressive how he handled <laughs> being asked all that. Look like the typical movie star. Uh, Has that been a help or a hindrance? I, well, I've, I've worked uh, consistently, which is nice with people that I've wanted to, uh, always uh, dreamed that I wanted to work with. And I, so it, it, in that sense, it hasn't, uh, I, I look how I look. I can't, I can't change that. So I guess it, it, it helped me. Driver also shared humble gratitude about being considered a successor to Jack Nicholson and Al Pacino and shared his practical mindset when Wallace went on to suggest an example of a traditionally handsome Hollywood star. Did you ever early in your career think, man, if I look like Robert Redford, it would be easier? If I look like Robert Redford, it would be easier. Because uh, let yeah. me tell you, I've thought that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it would just be different. I, I would be giving something off. Maybe I'm trying to be diplomatic, and I guess if I was alone in a room, I'm like, who doesn't want to look like Robert Redford? Some fans found Wallace's approach insensitive, especially since many have considered... <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely it was insensitive. It wasn't great to ask Adam Driver those questions. Um, but but he, he didn't seem too bothered by it at the same time. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Here's the reality. We're all born w with these faces, these bodies, and you can either make something of it or you can make yourself worse. I've seen very attractive guys, and they've fattened themselves up, and they're, they just look gross. It's disgusting. But I know if they got in the gym and they ate healthy and clean for a year and worked out seriously for a year, they would go right back to looking as good as they did before. Probably even better because sometimes the older you get for men, you tend to look even better, which men are so lucky for that. It's making the most of what you have. And so if you look at Adam Driver, like you said, I look like what I look like. I can't help it, you know. He's done the best he could with his body. He's very fit. He has luscious hair. He can't help his face. At that point, you kind of, you got to just stop for the most part. But yeah, but if it's something that they could help, like if someone's doing something stupid with their hair and otherwise they'd be very attractive, then I can understand a nice little dig at them. But I, I felt for Adam Driver in that because it's like, he can't help what he looks like. He's not the hottest guy, but he has a great career. He's been a great actor. Um, I've even heard that he's like very serious about his character um, roles. Like I think whenever he was Kylo Ren, he kept the mask on all day, and you know he wouldn't really talk to people and all that just to stay in character. So it's kind of intense. I don't know what I would be like if if I was an actor, but that that doesn't sound very fun to me. 
And if you know me, I like fun. Okay, I wanted to do something a little fun and different. I wanted to do kind of a thing of threes. And so it was 2023, and I wanted to talk about three things that helped me in 2023. And I guess it really could be anything. And this is going to sound bad, but like, obviously... God helped me and the Bible helped me. So I didn't include that in this list of threes because I just feel like if that's the case, that'll always be in the list of threes, you know? Um, But yeah, so just know that that would have been included, but because I'm not including that, what the three things are. Um, The first thing is Duolingo. And I've talked about it before. It's just that free app that helps you learn languages you know there's ads on it and stuff but you can just ignore that you know it's 15 seconds of your life to use a free product and they have paid plans and all that stuff but I'm not interested in that but it's really helped me to to know more than I would have of um Greek is the one that I'm like really really kind of going after and so yeah if someone was like hey let me try to try to you know speak to you I'm not gonna do super well but I know a lot of words I know um, some sentences and things like that that I didn't know before. So I, I think it's really helpful. And yeah, now I'm dabbling in uh, some other languages. I understand Spanish, but I have trouble speaking. And so that one's been good too, because with Spanish, I'm much further along. You can, if you already know quite a bit of the language, you can skip ahead. And so they'll test you to see if you actually are able to skip ahead, if you have the, the knowledge that is required. And so, yeah, I skipped ahead quite a bit for Spanish. And yeah, it, it's really helpful. So definitely Duolingo. And then number two is going to be um, if you travel at all, a universal travel adapter has been extremely helpful for me. And even if you don't travel, I would say it's still helpful. I, I have this one from this company called Zendor, but there's a million of them out there. Um, essentially, it, anywhere you go in the globe, it, it's supposed to work. And so if you, as long as you have this device, you just need cables and the cables can plug into your device and they, you can keep your, de- your devices all charged up. So yeah, hence the travel adapter to charge up all your devices while you're going all over the globe, but they have us prongs, electric, uh, plugs. And so you can still use it in the U S if you wanted to. So I love that thing. I think it's really great. And yeah, it's helped me, especially, you know, with some travel. Um, But I'm actually using it to power up a lot of the stuff that I use for this podcast right now. So thank you, Universal Travel Adapter. Thank you. And then the last thing is, although there could be so much more, but I'm just doing three to keep it short. The last thing is going to be a tire inflator and jumper, uh, like a jump starter. And you can get some, you can get these devices separately. Like you can get a tire inflator separately, a jump starter separately, or you can have a device that does it all together. And so there's, you can look this up. There's a billion out there that they sell. You could probably, probably a fair price would be anywhere from like a hundred to 150, but you could probably find it cheaper if you wanted to, but you can have that device and you can have it charged up and Gosh, this happened to me recently. I got a flat tire because I didn't know there was a screw in my tire. And so, but I didn't have time to go get my tires checked right in that moment. I had a lot of events going on that day. 
And so I get this this tire inflator. And <laughs> what I was doing was I would inflate my tire. I would go where I need to go. I would, you know, maybe be inside or whatever. And then I come back out. My tire would slide again. I inflate, uh, I inflate it again. I go where I need to go. And then essentially I was just doing this again and again until I went to, I think I went to like somewhere like discount tire. And then they got my tire plugged and they got it figured out for me. So it really saved me because otherwise I would have been stranded. I would have had to wait for like AAA or something like that. Who knows? And I've heard that they take forever. It costs a lot of money. I went, whenever I went to get my tire plugged, they didn't charge me anything. And I, sure, I already spent money on this device that I bought, but keep that forever. I, I really can. And then if somebody's car is dying, um, I think my parents' car, it, the battery was, was dead. And so they took that jump starter with them and they jump started their car. They would go somewhere, turn off the car, and then jump started again and so on and so on. And so it it was really just a great device, especially if you're like a female who's alone and stuff like that and you don't want to be stranded in the dark. Like I really would recommend getting a device like this, even though it's like a hundred bucks. It I think it's a it's a good investment instead of spending like all your money on Starbucks. This isn't in the list, but I did get the Starbucks app because for this month of December, they have been giving half price drinks. And I thought that was a good deal. But you had to have the app. And then they, they apparently have these olive oil coffee drinks, but they don't do it where I live. But I happen to be out of town. And I got to try this olive oil gingerbread latte, and it was actually pretty good. I don't know if I necessarily tasted a huge difference, but but yeah, it was. I liked it. I liked it a lot. All right, let's go to the verse. But yeah, obviously the Bible is important. Sorry if that made it sound like I was disrespecting the Bible. There was this one time it was awful. Uh, my my father he like you know he likes to just you know burn any things that we have um, that are burnable items like if it's a cereal box or something like that just because a family can accumulate uh, accumulate too much trash and if the trash company only comes once a week you know burning is important. And there's lots of leaves and stuff, and so sometimes these boxes and papers can help. And so, you know, I'll, I'll just be thinking, okay, I could put this in the burn pile or whatever. And <laughs> so bad. There was this Bible, this kid's Bible that, like, I don't need a kid's Bible. And I was just like, oh, I could put that in the burn pile. And I was like, what am I saying? It's a Bible. I can't burn the Bible. And so I slapped myself over and over and over again. <laughs> Yeah, that was embarrassing for me. That was very embarrassing. Um, I'm not proud of myself for that one. Yeah, it was one of those kids' Bibles that, like, I think everybody had at one point. But yeah, I would, I would say if you can read the Bible, I would do it. I've been doing a, a year Bible plan. I think it's really awesome. And then I'm trying to really like resolutions, New Year's resolutions, and stuff like that. I'm trying to get um, better about reading, and the app Libby has really helped actually significantly. Um, audiobooks I used to always just like think oh audiobooks what the heck that's so stupid that's so lame like you can't read the book just by paper but when I'm driving home and I need to listen to something I can't read a book <laughs> physically and do that I guess I could try but it wouldn't go very well 
And so I would rather get through a book. And even whenever I'm like showering and stuff like that, it's just very helpful. So uh, my throat again. I think that'll last me a few minutes. Um, <laughs> so, what was I saying? Dang. Yes, so audiobooks are really great because you just get through so many books. And I've loved it. And then I'm also just like starting to read some books just on my phone, just like flipping through the pages on my phone. And so then once I was doing that, I was like, oh, I think I understand the appeal of a Kindle now. Because before I never did. But I have so many physical books that I need to get through as well, so... I'll get through those eventually. But reading, readers become leaders, and I, I'm seeing it. It's so valuable. So, yeah, I hope that I don't have, like, a number, like, a specific goal, but I just, I really want to read more books. That's something I'm very serious about. Um, and probably some health stuff. Like, I probably plan to just never eat again. Um, instead of any time walking, only running, never sitting down. Things like that. I think that should be pretty helpful for me. Okay. <laughs> I said I was going to read uh, the Bible. So Genesis 4, it was really covering the Cain and Abel story. Adam and Eve's sons. And Abel took care of the sheep and Cain took care of the the fruit of the ground. And so then they offered um, sacrifices and God accepted, uh, God accepted Abel's sacrifice but not Cain's and Cain was extremely angry with him with with God with everything and um, what I really want to highlight is is what God said to Cain so the Lord this verse six so the Lord said to Cain why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen if you do well will you not be accepted and if you do not do well sin lies at the door and its desire is for you but you should rule over it I think this is very powerful because it really shows God is trying to work with Cain and he's trying to give him a chance to do what's right. And he acknowledges Cain's pain and that, you know, he's angry and everything. And he's like, if you do well, won't I accept you? And that I think has to be the case with us. When we sin, we could have, a myriad of different reactions, but God is saying to us, Hey, why, why are you upset? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Like God isn't even that phased or bothered. He just wants us to do better for our own sakes. And Cain had the choice to do better or to just stew in his anger. He stewed in his anger and what he did, kill his brother. And I don't think, not all of us are <laughs> we're not going to resort straight to just like kill your brother if you're angry, but we'll do something else that's stupid. We'll do another sin on top of that. And sin is sin. And so it's not good either way. But God is always giving us another chance. And so I think that's extremely valuable. God is awesome. And you can do this year with him or without him, but I recommend you do it with him because you're just going to be running around in circles if you do it without him. And it's, it's pointless. It's so pointless. Um, man, it, it's been awesome speaking to you guys. I really hope my throat gets better because this is not fun at all. And it's kind of, it just brings me down emotionally. I don't like it, but nevertheless, I had to talk to you guys because I miss you guys so much. 
Um, hopefully you missed me. If, if you didn't, at this point, I don't know why you're still listening, but, but I am honored if you are. It's going to be a very interesting year politically. And I think a key is not arguing with people. Even recently, there was someone that they just wanted to bring up points of opposition that we had politically. And in my mind, it's not worth it. Because it was just a road that we didn't need to go down. But I noticed that that's what people really want to discuss. And I think it's unnecessary. For many, 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 many times. There are a few times where it, it probably is good to discuss politics and see see if you can come to some agreement. But there's a lot of times where there's no point to it. And they are just trying to argue just because they got to fill some void in their lives. Something, do some bit of of their own political evangelism and it's unnecessary. If I had gone into that political discussion and argued with them, uh, how would that have turned out? Probably would have gone really badly. Maybe not, maybe I'm totally wrong, but I'm deciding to be very careful in what I discussed with whom. And so I think there needs to be a bit more of a relationship and a stronger foundation before you get into those kind of topics. If you don't know the person, you probably shouldn't talk about that kind of stuff, just to play it safe, but yeah. But the reality is the person who's president now, Biden, is not the person I wanted, and I'm surviving, and I'm doing okay, and God is helping me. And so we just have to do that as a country. We have to be okay with what we don't like. I could ramble on and on. Um, you guys have been so awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Seriously, enjoy this year. Enjoy this, you know, the ending of holidays. Eat your last bit of good food. And I guess you got to hit the gym now and crowd up the gyms. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>